Do you know what you were doing February 1992? I know you know because I texted you today what you were doing, but go ahead. It was it was it was epic. Well, I was on uh, Headbangers Ball <laughs> with Ricky Rockman and my singer at New York City on the 52nd floor <laughs> of that MTV building. Yeah, remember that guitar riff, man? Early 90s. Came out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I'm super excited to have Kevin Gale, former guitar player, Slick Toxic, on the Industry 45 podcast show. Just a reminder, you can download and subscribe on all the major streaming platforms. Yeah, we're that big, baby. GiantFM.com under my radio page, Shane Christopher Neal. And my own website. That's right, ShaneChristopherNeal.com. The Industry 45 podcast show. Giant TV presents. All right, today on the program, as mentioned, Kevin Gale. Where was he? February 1992. Well, you found out off the top. Remember watching that. Also remember seeing Slick Toxic play at Much Music. They played White Lies, Black Truth. We talk about that too. The band, you know what? For an epic band, they didn't really last that long. 1988 they started. So 1994. I thought it was much longer than that. Kevin's got a brand new band called Crowning Kings. We're going to talk about that. This show brought to you by Trombetta Construction Materials. 1901 Barton Street East in Hamilton and Highway 20 in Font Hill. Without further ado... You're in for a hell of a good time, baby. It's Kevin Gale, Industry 45 Podcast Show. Hi, this is Kevin Gale, formerly of Slick Toxic and now in Crowning Kings, and you're listening to the Industry 45 Show, motherfuckers. Locked and loaded. The Industry 45 Show with host Shane Christopher Neal. Uh, Industry 45 Podcast Show and uh, 1988. Okay, in 1988, Poison came out with Open Up and Say Ah. Great record. Cheap Trick, Lap of Luxury, Cinderella, Long Cold Winter, David Lee Roth, Skyscraper. More important than that, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, a band by the name of Slick Toxic was born. And Kevin Gale's on the phone. How you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Good. I just lumped you in with a bunch of hair rock stuff. I don't know. I just was you doing my research. And that's, and that's okay. Like, I mean, everybody's like, oh, there's on, on this hair metal, like, you know, hatred. Why? It was great. Time. I know. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And you know what? That's what the biggest thing was the whole, the whole thing was it was just fun. Let's party. Let's have a great time. And that's what it was all about. And it, and it did the job well. And you know, and anybody who says hair metal, who cares? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know what you were doing February 1992? I know you know because I texted you today what you were doing, but go ahead. It was it was it was epic. Well, I was on uh, Headbangers Ball with Ricky Rockman and my singer at New York City on the 52nd floor of that MTV building. So so last night, last night I'm watching this thing and I'm like yep. like 
these guys look like they're 13. Like you, you. Um, I probably was. No, that was a, that was a long, long time ago. But yeah, I mean, we were lucky enough and be blessed enough to, to be able to do this at a pretty young age. I mean, Nick was pretty young and, and I wasn't all that old either. For God's sake, I'm in my 20s at some point. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you know what? It was a lot of fun and we had a great time doing that. And I mean, New York's a great town. I mean, people Absolutely. say, oh, what do you like? What do you like better, New York or L.A.? I'm like, I love New York way better than I like L.A. I agree with you. Um, been in New York many, many times. L.A. maybe four or five times. But, you know, I just New York has a vibe and the energy yeah. of, a, of a city like that. And, uh, yeah, I just thought it was a lot of fun to watch. And you were saying, you know, you guys were able to find success at an early age. So you played with Nick in Portrait, right? And then you guys yes. ended up going into uh, creating Slick Toxic. But but talk about the early days in Toronto in the dirty-ass clubs underground because you guys were the shit in that city, man, in the early 90s. Well, I'll tell you, you know, back in the day, and this, this was the greatest thing about, about that. I mean, there was a, there was a sense of camaraderie with all the bands that were, that were schlepping it around that time around the city. And, you know, we would get, you know, like good bands to open up for us and, and, you know, whatever, because that was, that was it. I mean, we're going somewhere, we're going to try to take you with us. I mean, then, and that was, that was the whole thing, you know, with Toronto in the early days, there was none of this, you know, like this band against this band or this band's better than that band. Every band was different and that's what made it cool. So, you know, there was so many different bands at that era that we all kind of stuck around in this group. And it was, it was, it was good times, man. It was really, really good times. And these kids, these kids today will never have any <laughs> idea about what it's like. <laughs> so again, you were playing with Nick at a, at a young age. When did yep. you realize um, that? I mean, he really was a superstar. I mean, the whole band was, but I mean, he was this guy who, uh, you know, kind of, he looked the part, he sounded the part, looked like Sebastian Bach, sounded like a maybe whatever people have said over the years, but he really was a guy that, that really you connected with early and boy, the right guy to be with for sure. Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it as that. A, a, a band is, is comprised of its members and you're only, and each member brings a certain something to the table. And if you take one of those things out, it takes away that, energy that's part of the band and now yes nick is a, a an amazing great singer and he always will be and he still is to this day but you know without the rest of us there wouldn't have been nick you know what i mean right. by that? I, I get it's it, not yep. taking away from his talent at all but the whole band was the reason why the band did the way it was as good as it was and tell me about the role drew masters played right because he was a, a manager of a band and tell me through that story i didn't know that he kind of helped you guys? Did he help change the name of your band or what, what happened well, with that? No, not, not necessarily. I mean, you know, Drew, Drew did a great magazine back in the day, Meat Magazine, which is, was awesome. And it was, you know, great. But I mean, you know, Drew was, was part of helping, you know, like bring original acts and bring the originality out of bands, you know, to, to, you know, to, to, to the scene down there, you know, like, again, you have all these cover bands and you have blah, 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 but he was very instrumental in bringing the originality. And it wasn't just us that he, that he, that he looked at. There was a whole bunch of other bands that he helped out as well too. You know, so he did a lot for, for the scene in, in Toronto. And when did you know that you guys had something special? Because I mean, I wouldn't have heard of Slick Toxic, to be honest with you until, 
much music, right? Like, let's face it, the the role much music played in the late 80s and early 90s. um, Talk to me a little bit about that, too. Like, if that wasn't available to us as viewers, um, you know, it might have looked a lot different because you guys got to, to reach fame pretty fast. Well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it was pretty fast. I mean, it, it, it certainly didn't feel very fast. But, I mean, when you can see, you know, things happening around you and, and you know, the, the audiences get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and you have videos on, on, on much music. I think, you know, when we got signed to Capital, I think that was the, the biggest thing to, to, to go forward. And, um, you know, then, you know, you put out the great videos and much music plays all over them and, and everything else like that, you know, winning the much music video awards and, and all these kind of things and Junos and, and all this other things sort of brings credibility to the band. At that point, did we realize what we had? Probably not. We were just doing what we do. And, and that was, that was it. It wasn't the, you know, it wasn't anything preconceived or we've got to do this or we've got to do that. You know, we, we just were doing what we were doing and that was it. And I was gonna. When do you remember when you got signed? Like what that? I mean, oh, hell yeah! I was gonna say. Oh that, hell yeah! I remember <laughs> when we got signed. Well, we got signed, and you know, like I said, uh, you know, I remember going down to the Gasworks, which was a bar in Toronto, and seeing a buddy of mine sitting there having a beer, and I just jumped over a table and kissed him right on the lips and said, "Dude, we just got signed to Capital," and he's like, "No way!" I'm like, "Yeah way!" And it was, you know, it was it was awesome, and it was, uh, you know, it was really mind blowing at that time, and things just sort of took off from there to a, to a kind of a different level. So this in particular is an industry show. I like to ask, you know, some questions that have to do within the music industry. So when you got signed to Capitol records, you had a perception in your mind as to what it was going to be like, whether it was financial, whether it was like world tours, whether whatever that was, did Capitol, true. I was going to say, did, <laughs> did Capitol meet your expectations or were you sorely disappointed? Like so many Capital. others. Capital did a great job with us and Dean Cameron, God rest his soul. Um, was a fantastic mentor and, and everything else. And he, you know, he, he, he did a great job with us and capital did a really good job with us. The only, the only bad part about it was the fact that we had the album, the, the doing the nasty album recorded. And it was like, it sat on for a year before it came out, had it come out earlier, it might've been a different story, but it, you know, it, it was what it was at that time. And we, you know, just toured and toured and, and did all these kind of things and, and, you know, just waited on the record. And then when the record came out, you know, I mean, it was great and and everything went well. I mean, we did pretty good for what it was. Uh, I'm going to find, hold on, I got to find this over here. I'm going to play this. Uh, you might have heard this song before. Well, you probably have heard it because, you know, you play it. But uh, anyway, here's my question. Um, I was watching Much Music. You guys played live in studio this song, yeah. which was the first time that I had heard that. Do you remember playing that show? There was all kinds of screaming girls there and you guys were playing. No, actually, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't remember it. I don't remember doing that at much music live. Really? The only one I remember, the only one I remember doing at much music live, um, was, um, sweet asylum. And then we did for the, for the much music awards. We did hell of a time. Right. Yeah. Did you find, because you guys were, a rock band, like a hard rock band. And this song right here obviously was, we'll call it the ballad, if you will, I guess in it. But like, what did you think? Did you feel like this fit to your style at the time? Absolutely. 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 I did. I mean, you know, everything that you write and everything that you do is your style. I mean, it, you know, it could be whatever. I mean, if you go to our second record, it's a completely different take on, on what Slick Toxic was. And, you know, there's, 
I don't I don't say that any style. I mean, we put out what we put out, and that's what we were feeling at the time. So, I mean, I guess that that remains to be our style. How did you guys write songs? Um, was it you guys as somebody guitar players? With a riff? Yeah, yeah. Not so well. Somebody would come up with a riff, and then we would go from there. I mean, it wasn't uh, you know it was it was it definitely wasn't rocket science. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, and then we then and then we you know then we'd arrange it and we'd get everything together, and and, and Nick would come up with his vocal lines, and Dave would come up with lyrics, and that would be it. And talk to me about Neil joining the band too. That was a huge change. I mean, we had Alex, and he was you know he was good for for what he was at the time, but he he wasn't the the guy for the band at the time. And then when Neil came in, it sort of raised our level up. You know, give you know we had our A game, and now we had our A plus game, right? So that was a, it, that was a huge huge change uh, for us. And I mean, Neil is a is still a fantastic drummer. Neil taught me how to play rhythm. Really? Nice. Yep. See, they say good, they say drummers are good for shit. I don't agree. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Mr. Mr. Busby was, is, 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 and still a fantastic drummer. All right. Well, there you go. It's all about the drummer, ladies and gentlemen. You yeah. heard it right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you remember playing the Great Canadian Party in 1992? Probably not. What was? Oh, that was that. That, that was that. That was that Canada Day, wasn't it? Yeah, Canada Day with the tragically yeah, hit. Yeah, I, yes, I remember playing that, and I distinctly remember we we pulled up. Tragically Hip was on at the time, and when we pulled up, and when the when the the band stopped and the crowd cheered, the wind was so much that my leg hairs moved. It was insane. I've never like I've never been in front of fifty five thousand people before, and I was that day. Uh, Ingve Malmsteen. Ta- yeah, yep. talk about Ingve because uh, um, I could go on at length about Ingve. <laughs> I knew that. Was, Ingve, Ingve was amazing, and Ingve is every night is like a it's, it's a it's a guitar lesson, and Ingve is just well Ingve's Ingve, and he was great enough to, that we were able to go out on the road with him, and he was really cool to us, and he was he was great. Like, but Ingve again is is Ingve. <laughs> Okay, now, I get he's a great guitar player, but what did you learn from him just from the fact of... Um, how, not to, how not to treat the rest of your band. No, I'm... Um, <laughs> no, he... No, uh, you know, like, Ingve's a, Ingve is... You know, he's, he's a, a superstar on guitar in his own right. And he's an amazing player and will always be an amazing player. But again, Ingve is, is Ingve. You know, I mean, that's, that's really all I can say about that. Like it, it's, it was a great time. We had a great, we had a great tour with them and it was, it was great. What would you have changed about the days that you played in Slick Toxic? Anything? Uh, no, you know, I think that, I think that the, the band ran its course and it needed to run its course to the point and it, and that was it. And I mean, you know, it was, uh, but if I look at it, the the longevity wasn't that long though, right? Like it was like the late eighties to the mid nineties. Really? Yeah. I mean, I I think I, I think I left in like 95, 96, somewhere in that neighborhood. You quitter. And yeah, well, (laughs) I wasn't a quitter. Um, you know, there's, there's, there was numerous family reasons that I had to do for that. Um, unfortunately at the time, um, you know, hindsight, looking back, maybe shouldn't have, but you know, all those kind of things considered, you had to do what you had to do at that point. Right. Do you think that would the band play now? Like, I mean, if you could, I mean, clearly nobody can do fuck well, all, but would you guys play or no? 
I, I don't think a reunion is in the works. Um, I think everybody's really happy with what they're doing now. And that's all you can really ask, right? As long as, as long as the guys are happy, you know, doing what they're doing, then that's great. But if they're not, and if they want to do that, my phone is always available and I'm always available to, to do that again. I'd love to revisit it again and see how we approach these songs now. So let's talk about what Kevin Gale is doing now. Oh, okay. Well, Kevin Gale right now has, um, with a former bass player of mine, uh, Mark Johnston, um, gone and joined up with him and we are in a band called Crowning Kings. Um, we're going in the studio in March to release four songs, um, or sorry, three songs and, you know, just having fun. And the thing is, is we're not looking to be rock stars or anything else like that. We're looking to have fun, write some good songs, release some good songs, do a couple of videos. And, and and just enjoy making music for the sake of making music. Right, Doesn't there's no pressure. No matter what comes out, yeah, no pressure, no nothing, just writing songs and, and making music just for the sake of making and, music. And what kind of music is it? I take it it's... It's, it's hard rock. Hard yeah, rock it's, yeah, it's hard rock. Yeah, it's hard rock. Well, you got to be playing some hard rock and roll, baby. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, yeah, sure, that's what I do. Will, uh, will your band play, I guess, uh, someday soon? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know, well, absolutely we will. I mean, you know, when the time comes when this, this COVID thing decides that it's, it's going to be over, um, we will definitely be most definitely playing some shows. I want to ask you to the, what advice do you give to people that, that are, you know, young coming up in the music business? And I totally get that, you know, 2021 is different than 1991. I get that. But what kind of advice do you give to those guitar players or musicians that are writing songs that are looking for whatever record deals, fucking YouTube deals. I don't even know these days. It's, yeah, it's so different. Don't fucking get it right. Just, just, if you, if you like doing it, just keep doing it and just keep writing songs, just keep writing songs, just keep writing songs and, and, and do as much as you can, you know, have fun with it. Don't take it. Don't take yourself so goddamn seriously because you know what? It's not, not meant to be serious. It's meant to be enjoyed and it's meant to be, you know, and if you could connect with somebody else with the song that you write, then you've done your job. Absolutely. That's some great advice. And you know what? When I was talking to Tyson, he's like, you're going to love Kevin. He just, he'll just give it the, the way it is. So. Yeah. Tyson's, Tyson's a, a really good friend and a great guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I just got to know him recently and we've been chatting and stuff like that. Obviously he's got his podcast show and apparently he plays some type of instrument. Could be guitar. Um, yeah, it's guitar. And he's, and he's a hell of a player. And he's a hell of a player as well. Is so. he? Yeah. Great. Yes. Great. He's really good. I know. I'm just busting balls. It's all in the drums though. You know, that's where it all lives. And, uh, I'm going to have to have a conversation, you know, um, you know, with, with your drummers, uh, you know, cause it's all about the drums. Well, it, it usually is all about the drums and it always has been all about the drums. The loudest sound check, the longest to set up. <laughs> That's right. That's all about the drums. <laughs> In fact, but I will tell you this, because when he mentioned Neil's name, who I probably will talk to um, at some point, and he gave me your name, I selected the guitar player, you see, over the drummer. Well, I, feel, so. <laughs> I feel extra privileged to be the first, right? So that that's really awesome. Thank you for that. Well, I appreciate your time, man. And uh, great to talk to you and meet you like over the phone, you got some, some great stories. We'll do this again. Maybe we'll get like a group chat on zoom and, uh, you know, put something together with Tyson. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Cool. Absolutely. That's perfect. Absolutely. We could do that. This is the industry 45 podcast show. It's a BYOB party. Cause his initials are SCN, not LCBO.